on this week's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Leah Turner, the LinkedIn expert. She helps businesses generate inbound leads and have fun while they do it. She also loves rainbows. She's gone from 400 to over 80,000 connections and rising and well over 750 inbound clients. So Leah, thanks so much. I feel really honoured to have you on as a guest. Uh, We've been chatting kind of offline. I've been following your posts and just really impressed with your story. With yourself, Lee, I mean, I'm really excited to hear about your journey since joining LinkedIn because you've kind of stratospherically risen um, like no one else, really. But I also want to know about your journey before. So talk to me about how you got to where you are now before you kind of even logged on to LinkedIn. How far back do you want to go? As far as you want to go. (laughs) Okay, um, so let's go through from the beginning quickly. So um, my dad was in the Navy and my mum was 18 when they got married and they got married very, very, very fast because he he was stationed over in Gibraltar and he wanted her to come and be with her, be with him. So she um, married him after just like three weekends together. And then he called her from Gibraltar, proposed. Anyway, um, when I was, when I came along, when I'm about three years later, they um, had moved back to Portsmouth. Uh, my sister came along two years after that. My dad had left the Navy, had a minimum wage job running his own window cleaning company. Um, and we moved, we moved back, to, we moved to Sussex. And that's where I sort of grew up. Um, at When I was eight, my dad was diagnosed with lung cancer. Wow. Um, and he struggled with that for two and a half years, going in and out of remission, um, spending a lot of time being cared for at home and a lot of time to and from um, hospital. Um he passed away when I was 10 um, from the cancer had spread from just his lungs to his stomach and his brain. Um, and it was a very long and painful sort of demise that he had. Um, my mum remarried not that long afterwards because she felt she needed to give us a father figure, but that didn't go so well because he left us for her best friend. Um, and wow. so that was when I was 14. I had a breakdown at 14 after I was um, assaulted by somebody I trusted and I sunk into severe depression. Um, I had severe insomnia, which made it all worse. I struggled for a couple of years, like really struggled, didn't really go to school, got involved in a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have, people I shouldn't have been involved with, drugs, alcohol, boys, um nightclubs partying all of that kind of stuff which at the time I thought made me happy but was just a cry for help and I used to um cut myself uh quite severely and I had my own suicide attempt at 15 which I documented I I talked about for the first time really ever um last year for world suicide prevention day when I did a video about it on LinkedIn yeah um I it resulted in me leaving school um when I was 16 and deciding that I just needed to go my own way I I couldn't I couldn't survive at school it just wasn't the right environment for me at that point so I got some little a little job in a bakery a little job in an, um, an office job working for property developers um I worked in a post office and I sort of just did lots of little jobs because I, yeah. I had GCSEs, I actually nailed my GCSEs despite n- not really ever being there at school. I still came away with I think thirteen GCSEs, which was oh, wow. quite quite mental. All A star to C, 
which was ridiculous because I was barely at school in the last year. Um, and I basically just worked office jobs, office manager, secretary, receptionist until I was 26, 27. And um, I had a breakup. Um, I was living with a partner in Brighton who was abusive, uh, abusive, not physically, um, no. not to start with, uh, but he was emotionally and verbally and um, sort of very controlling. And that mm. really, really affected me a lot. Um, and I, when that ended, when we, we realized that we were just, it was never going to work out. Um, yeah. I, I had to pay for my own flat because we'd moved into a flat together recently and it's expensive living in Brighton. Yeah. So I had booked a holiday and I got on a plane and I went to Thailand on my own for a month and I found who I was again because my confidence had been shattered by the previous relationship. I had no self-esteem, no idea who I was because I hadn't been allowed to be myself for a really yeah. long time. Um, and I spent a month reestablishing who I was mm -hmm. and decided to start a business and I started a transcription business because it was the only thing I was really good at. I, I used to type a lot. I'd done a little bit of work for some journalist friends in exchange for gig tickets, typing yeah. up interviews. So I started typing. Business grew really fast. And within six months, I was working two full-time jobs, essentially, because I still had my office manager job. So for 2012, I literally got up at 6 a.m., did an hour yeah. and a half of work, drove to my office job did a full day there, got home at half past six. And by seven o'clock, I was sat till one, two a.m. working on the other job. Yeah. And eventually I left the office job to pursue the transcription full time. And it was great because I could dictate my own hours. I built the business up. So I had a few people helping me, subcontractors, um, and it was going really well. And then I fell pregnant unexpectedly with somebody who had no interest in being a dad right so I had my little boy on my own and I made the decision that I was going to carry on I had a business I had a, I had a home I had a dog like I could <laughs> I'd be fine it was yeah. a real surprise I'm not a naturally I wasn't a naturally maternal person but it, it just felt right I just knew that it was the right choice yeah I'm a little boy I had to scale back the business a little bit to be able to do it full time as a lone parent. So like I had had to have a C-section because he was breached, but I worked like 60, 70 hour weeks during my pregnancy to save up for all the things a baby needs. Wow. And then I think I was working at midnight till at the till midnight the night before he was born, went yeah. into hospital, had him, was walking around the park. 36 hours later um I had two weeks maternity leave and then I was back working full-time with him strapped to my chest while I was typing wow. yeah it was it was intense when I look back I'm like I can't believe I did all that um and that's been it really up until October 2019 yeah where I was at finally at a point where I thought I can grow the business a bit um I'm I'm finally in a situation where he's going to childcare a lot more, he's going to be starting school this September, just gone. So I thought I can actually start thinking about growing the business, which was yeah. why I logged onto LinkedIn. My assistant Naomi was having a really hard time in her job and she wanted to come and work with me like full time and make a full time wage so she could give up her other job. So that's why I logged onto LinkedIn because I thought 
maybe yeah. I'll be able to get in contact with some builders or building surveyors because that's who I do most of my work for. So yeah. I started reaching out and connecting with a few building surveyors, started having a look around at what people were posting. And I, I literally just had a logo. I didn't have a profile picture. I haven't really filled my profile in at all. It was just that yeah. typical story, just a, just a profile that's there in case I ever need it. Yeah. And then I started seeing people posting a few things and being like a little bit funny and a bit tongue in cheek. And it wasn't all as boring and as corporate as I thought. And I was super nervous. And I didn't really think that there was going to be any merit to and who the hell would be interested in anything I had to say. Yeah. Like I'm just a, I'm just a single mom that runs a little business. What can I contribute to this corporate world? So I didn't really know what to talk about. So I just started posting some like funny observations and things that had happened at work that were a bit sort of silly and amusing. And the following just started to grow um, and I was really unaware at first. Like I didn't, I didn't know what a normal amount of followers was. Um, and it got to about 10,000 in the first two months. And wow. I was like, I was like, someone said, <laughs> you're getting followers really quickly. And I hadn't even, hadn't even looked at my follower numbers because mm. I was connecting with people, but it, that wasn't on my radar. And I was like, oh, is, is that not normal? <laughs> Like, yeah. I don't I don't know what's normal on here because I that's yeah. not my that was never my mo, um, and then it just carried on, and so about this time last year, I posted a video on the moors in Cornwall saying that I was terrified because of lockdown, and that I was going to lose my business that I've been working so hard on, like literally blood, sweat, and tears, hundreds of thousands of hours I've put into yeah. this business. Um, and I was terrified because my clients, like, they're all building surveyors. They can't go into buildings. They can't, the construction sites were stopping. The doctors that I worked for couldn't do their appointments. And so suddenly all my work was, like, I had five people working for me at that point. So the yeah. leads were rolling in massively from LinkedIn, even in the very beginning. Um, so I'd been on LinkedIn about five months, and I'd gone from just me to me plus a team of five. Wow. So we were really busy. And... Um, and then like four of the girls were working part-time and one full-time and that just stopped completely dropped off so there was only enough for me um and I obviously got a little bit of support from the government but it was very little yeah. um, a couple of my clients were amazing and they kept paying me their monthly retainers even though I wasn't able to do any work for them because they didn't have anything for me they were unbelievably loyal um and then I sort of thought about writing an ebook and then a few people had well, one person in particular said, don't do that. You'll be selling out. Nobody's going to be interested. No one will buy it. It's ridiculous. It's, and yeah. I was like, yeah. I, but hold on a minute. I've grown my following on LinkedIn from nothing to 30,000 in under six months. Like there's something in that. People are going to want to know about that. And then somebody called me who'd been on a very well-known LinkedIn trainers course. that's very mm -hmm. expensive. Right. Um, and said, it's not been any use to me. It's just not what I was expecting. And it was, and I feel cheated. And I ended up giving her a load of advice, which she started implementing right away and started having brilliant effect from straight away. And she said, you should be selling this. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, if somebody's selling it and it's and charging all this money and it's not working, and my method is working yeah which I can see it's working maybe there is some legs to this 
So I offered a few free coaching sessions mm-hmm. just to get some feedback on whether they thought that I had enough knowledge to make it worthwhile. Yeah. So they said yes, they would have paid for it. So I started charging and I booked very quickly, lots of sessions very quickly. And then I got absolutely bollocked by a couple (laughs) of them that said, you are not charging enough. This is ridiculous. And they insisted on giving me coaching in return and paying back the favor because they're like, you have not charged enough for this. Mm. And I feel bad for having taken it at that price. So I'm going to give you some coaching for free. And it was other women that had done this. And I was like, okay, hold on a minute. These are successful women. I need to, I need to take notice of this. They know what they're talking about more than I do. So I doubled the price and I booked up straight away, like for a month in advance. And by the middle of that month, I was booked up for the following month. And it kept up like that until I upped the price again at the end of September. I revised the course. I added more to it. Um, I had a group. So I have a, a LinkedIn group for all of the people that I've coached to support each other. They're not, they're absolutely expressly forbidden from asking for engagement on each other's content. Yeah. But they refer into each other. Um, if they've got an idea for a post, they'll talk about it. Others will suggest they've all been through the coaching and they all really support each other because I can't support over 200 people got individually you. now. But it's a completely free group and they're all able to you know i've updated my profile what do you think i've got these ideas for a headline which one do you think is better do you know do you know a good va who specializes in this and we all ask each other yeah. um, and loads of them have done business together now as well which is it's like a almost like a power networking group but with no engagement requests phenomenal because obviously that's that's one of the things that i'm i guess known for is the organic strategy absolutely um, so that kind of takes us up to nearly now where I've been literally fully booked since July. I've had no, no spaces, every gap that I've uh, opened. If I've, if a cancellation has been on, I've had people that are literally checking the website every day for a cancellation or an availability to pop up. Yeah. And they're messaging me going, I've just seen that you've got availability. I've booked, just booked it. I'm like, Oh my God. Um, I announced two weeks ago that I'm having a break. Yeah because I need to take some time off to do some business development um, because I've got other ideas and, and more resources I want to come up with and a new coaching uh, package that I want to put out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've literally been coaching once or twice a day for God knows how long. Um, yeah. I haven't had a break at all since Christmas. I posted about a girl called a lady called Anna last week um, mm-hmm. saying that because she's doing some copywriting for me and she's amazing. She literally dropped into my inbox. She's like, look, I haven't worked for a couple of months. I love your coaching. I really want a coaching session. Could I swap it for a day of copywriting? And I was like, here's a picture. Yeah. I said, I was like, you've got my attention because it was such a brilliantly crafted message. I said, you've got my attention. Here's a picture. Write me a post in my voice. And she sent it back in five minutes. And I was like, oh my God. This is amazing. So she's basically using who I am to yeah. help help Mike or using who a client is. And she writes in their voice and she does it beautifully. But my trouble is I don't have enough of me to go around. Yeah, yeah. So she's not writing all my content yet, but she's able to. So I gave her a coaching session, but I also promised that I'd post about it to help boost her business. And she ended up having 30 Zoom calls no. in the next two days. That's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know where to start with that. I mean, that's such an inspiring story. And I think that 
I mean, I think your authenticity personified. And I think um, because it's been such a meteoric rise, I sense and feel that kind of imposter syndrome. You don't, you don't know, you know, you're not comfortable what you're charging. Um, yeah. But I want to go back on your story in a second. But I just think maybe the difference between you and some other people in your sphere is that you coach people how to do it and then allow them to flourish in their own voice as opposed to constantly writing it for them. And I think that's a big, a big differentiator. Do you, do you as well? Yeah. I, I empower people to do it themselves. Because the biggest thing that I find with a lot of my clients is they don't realize how interesting their journey is to the people around them. And that is the hugest thing. When you actually say to them, when I actually speak to somebody, I say, okay, so why did you start your business? Mm. What what made you leave the comfort of your job to start the business? What was the passion? What are the things that you've learned from doing that? What's been the journey? How did you get the job in the first place? How did you learn the things that you needed to? What have been the struggles in business? I'm like, all of this stuff, all of it is interesting to your network because they're either Mm. ahead of you and can relate to what you're going through now, or they're not where you are yet and will learn from what you've got to say. So all of that is interesting. And when you actually say to somebody, hold on a minute, the only reason you've not felt interesting is because you've not allowed people to be interested in you. You haven't told anyone anything. And when they do and they start actually writing their story and they see that they get engagement from it, and they yeah. get people messaging them going, thank you for sharing that. I really needed to hear that today. And it yes. gives them that confidence. I think you've it's, hit the net- ma- you, it's massively you've built my confidence up. I think you've hit the nail on the head and you've given me a window into your style around. It's just asking the right questions because the, the authenticity, the, the, the brilliance is inside each person, isn't it? It's just, it's just getting that to mm-hmm. the surface and giving them the confidence to say, you know, I can't, you can take them to water, but they, they've got to drink. It's all, it's all there for them, isn't it? I don't go into co- so lots of people will drag out LinkedIn coaching over six week, eight week masterminds and all this. You don't mm. need that. You need right. to understand how to engage with people and how to dig into yourself and realize that what you have to say is interesting. And I can yeah. do that in 90 minutes. I can do that in 90 minutes with somebody. Wow. All of my previous clients, because just sitting with somebody for 90 minutes and being interested in what they have to say and then there are lots of techniques that you can learn to help things on LinkedIn about how to connect with the right people and what to do to build these warm connections and understanding how the algorithm works as much as you can understand how the changeable algorithm works but there are things to keep in mind and I teach all of that but the biggest thing is actually saying to people you have so much to contribute to this community and it is a community and you need to stop thinking about LinkedIn as a networking, as a social networking platform and treat people and treat interactions as if they were in the room face to face with you. Absolutely. So your, your tone of voice, your posts will be how you would talk to someone in the pub or in a room, not this, this, um, what's the word, this, this prescribed formatted kind of approach. It's just being, and if I, if I write all the content myself, for somebody they're reliant on me forever and mm. i don't have capacity to support yeah. that. i can't grow my business if i have 200 yeah. people relying on me to write content i can't do that i'm not about how much money i can make from each person that is not my goal when i meet a client yeah they might pay me 600 pounds for my one-to-one session but that yeah. will be the only thing they pay me ever and they will go out and they will implement the strategy and they will grow their own community and their business will grow. The leads will start coming in, maybe not immediately, but they will start coming in. They always yeah. do. And I don't want someone paying me £600 every month to do it. And that's not yeah. business sense, but that's not my goal. No, My goal is to train as many people as I can before I take the next step in, in my career. I'm not going to be one-to-one coaching forever. 
that's what that was my next question is um without going a bit kind of woo woo on you is about asking what your why is in terms of you know why are you doing this and it i'd like to hear more about that and then go back on your story as well but what's your kind of next step and your kind of future goal and your why about all this um so i'm hosting the webinar at the end of march um while i have this sort of month off yeah um i'm making my online course so everything that's taught in my one-to-one, not the bespoke stuff, obviously, not the one-to-one sort of confidence building side of things, um, but the actual bones of how to use LinkedIn to the best advantage and finding your ideal clients and all of that. That's yeah. going to be an online course that people can buy because I need to create a residual income. Sure. Um, I want to develop more products to help people learn how to create great content. And mm-hmm. I've got some collaborations planned on that. Um, I want to get into actual businesses I want to go and do LinkedIn corporate training for big teams, but not wow. just about LinkedIn, like actually how to network yeah. effectively with the people around you and how to engage and build trust with them. Because that's probably my biggest strength is yeah, actually yeah. how to build trust with people. Um, it's, it's a bit of a self journey of discovery because I didn't know I was able to do all of these things when I started on LinkedIn. There, it's yeah. almost like these like hidden talents that I had no idea were even talents. I've always been able to engage with people. And my friends will tell you that I'm always the kind of person that no matter what room I go into, people yeah. want to be around me. They want to come near to me. They want to talk to me. I can't explain it. I, it's just always been that way. I've always been the kind of person that people gravitate towards. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people say that it's because I'm very relaxed and um, like people are comfortable around me because they don't feel like they have to pretend to be anyone else. Mm-hmm. And that's always been the way. Yeah. Um, and my, my son's the same. And my mum's the same. People are always very relaxed around my mum. And I think my dad was a very like a happy, outgoing very comfortable in himself kind of person and yeah. people would just like his funeral was absolutely packed the church yeah, was it, overflowing was. with people mm. um and that's always been my that's always been my why oh that's amazing I, I think i think i take my hat off to you around all the adversity all the kind of trauma you've had from a very 10 10 years old having a death 14 um you know and then the then the abuse and you know I, i've had a similar path around some some adversity as well mm. um but i've always found it quite difficult to kind of be myself i mean how how, how have you managed to kind of there's three or four major things there i mean and you talked you actually mentioned the the the, the abuse at 26 is is, is is the biggest one but surely you know going back to the age of 10 and 14 um how do you feel that's affected you positively and negatively? Because my sense is that well, it's obvious, you know, I think you get a choice. You get a choice to victimise yourself or you get a choice to, mm. to use it as a gift to help others and serve others. And I think you've definitely done that. But can you talk to me about how you've managed to gain that strength and that resilience? I think, um, so I had this conversation with somebody else recently. Um, around the age of 10, supposedly, is when we start really noticing outside influences and how we should be to impress other people um and and that's when we really start becoming aware of it i got that from a book i can't remember which one but i was reading and thinking that kind of makes sense Mm. so at 10 i was dealing with grief and losing my dad and what other people thought of me was the least of my concerns i I didn't care like just getting through each day and i was about to start secondary school um i didn't have space to be caring about what other people thought of me and then I had a really good group of friends in secondary school who were all a little bit misfits um 
and I was never one to really engage in group stuff that much like I didn't care about popular kids I, I would be friends with whoever whether yeah. they if they were a nice person I was friends with them um but I had such a lot going on, like recovering from grief and going through my own like severe depression and insomnia and problems at home with my family situation. I did not give a shit if other teenagers liked me or not. Like that was at the back of yeah. my mind. If people, if other children who had no way to relate to what I was going through mm. didn't like who I was, Fuck it. It didn't matter. Yeah. I and and I think that's where it's all come from to start with. Like I was a goth. I had black hair. I was getting tattoos. I had piercings all up my like yeah, yeah. 30 odd piercings in my ears. My tongue was pierced. And like I looked like an oddball. Right. And people tried to bully me, but it didn't ever work because wow. to bully someone, they have to care what you think of them. And I didn't exactly. give a shit. Like I was like, are you serious? I don't care. My like I'm dealing with like grief insomnia depression self-injury suicidal ideation what what jenny the 14 year old slapper from (laughs) my art class thought it didn't matter um so i think i just bypassed that and then i didn't go to university so i didn't go through all that peer pressure of how i should be or what i should look like or how i should behave i didn't deal with that I, I just have always made my own way. And no matter what anybody has said to me about what they think I should do, like you shouldn't leave school. If you, if you leave school, you'll never get a good job. Mm. You shouldn't get those tattoos because you'll never get a good job. I was like, yeah, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Very I, was like, I, don't, I don't want a job. I don't want a good job. Like if I'm, mm. if I'm going for a job, I've never been for an interview and not been offered the job because I walk in there with the confidence that I can bloody well do the job. And yeah. they're mad not to hire me. Yeah. And I think the accent helps. <laughs> Absolutely. I, th- I, think, I think you're there for all to see, you know, you are what you are. And, and I think that's the main reason why you've been successful is because you, you don't really give a fuck. You know, you, you are, no, you don't. I love, that's, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I don't give a, f- like, I love what's happened on LinkedIn. Yeah. And I love that I get messages on a daily basis from people saying, thank you for posting this. This really helped me. Yeah. The way you are has really inspired me to be a bit more myself and all, like that means yeah. the world to me um so i do care but i don't care if there's negativity because i i don't it doesn't sit on my mind that some random person i've never met doesn't yeah. like something or that they've blocked me because they're not going to be my clients they're but not going to bring anything to my life so yeah i think i think you, you kind of you're famous in linkedin aren't you but i, th- I, th- I think <laughs> i think where people where people misconstrued um, someone like yourself is that you're still a bloody human being and I've, I've seen some yeah. of your posts and I, I can see and feel your kind of vulnerability and your sometimes you're anxious anxious and I think your ability not to shy away from that and be open about that but talk to me about kind of when you rise to the top around people maybe treating you a bit differently and how you how you kind of deal with that and you know you, I'm sure you get lots of good and bad diff- people trying to talk to you and all sorts um I tr- I basically just don't respond to people that are saying I've got an auto responder on my LinkedIn now because I do deal with all my LinkedIn correspondence myself, which yeah. is <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's really excessive. Mm. Um, I don't like it when people send me messages that comment on how I look, whether it's positive or negative. I don't right. care how, what someone thinks about my appearance at all. 
I don't care if someone likes my tattoos. I don't care if someone thinks my eyes are pretty. I don't care if they think that my tattoos have ruined me. I, right. It doesn't matter to me because I'm. Yeah. I don't. I don't thrive off other people's compliments mm. on something that I. I don't. I have no influence over this. This was my parents doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Doesn't so a compliment on that for me is like doesn't. I can't take credit for it. It's not my. I didn't do it. So if somebody's complimenting on me on the way I look, I'm just like, if, if someone compliments my sense of humor or my writing or my ability to help people, mm. that I love that because that's me. The way you look, it's just a shell. Yeah. It's not. And so, um, you know, it, it can have its uses. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not stupid. There are certain things that you can do when you look a certain way that you, yeah, can, of course. you can use it to your advantage. Um, but I'm not, I can't, I wouldn't rely on it. And it's not something that I want to discuss, especially not on LinkedIn. I just don't care. So I hate that. Um, I love it when people send me messages telling me how something I've said or done has influenced them positively because that spurs me on. Mm. That makes me realise that despite the negative stuff, it's worth doing. Yeah. Um, When I can help charities, when I can... You know, I I do things under the radar. Like I don't go donating to charities and posting, look how much money I've made for charity. I don't really, mm. I don't, like I, I, I help job seekers like quite frequently. Yeah. I've done a couple of like job seeker group trainings, but I don't talk about it on LinkedIn because I'm not doing it for glory. I'm doing it because no. I can afford to do something and, and help. And I've given out like never to people who ask, but I've randomly just given out one-to-one coaching sessions to people who I know need it and can't afford it because I can do that, but it's never people who ask. Um, I always want to do it for people who would, you know, because when you ask, it comes across as begging, doesn't it? And it's a bit like, I can't do that because if I start doing that, everyone's going to do it and you have to have boundaries. Um, Yeah, of course. I, I find, I find people who message me constantly to ask and take that that drains me and and that's like mentally draining when people are like can you comment on this can you like this can you engage on this can you share this for me can you do it and it's like do you realize how many of these i get per day but you You don't care you just want something for yourself and i can't do that so i just don't do it at all yeah no that's fair you got you got to draw the line i think i think touching on on this whole time management piece obviously um you've just said that you manage your own linkedin account but you know with a you've got a young young son you've got two dogs you've got a house to run and what eighty thousand odd connections now i think it is and god knows how many clients how how do you, are you how do you manage it or do you have are you planning to kind of be a solo wolf still or do you, or do you want to no i've got a pa who helps me um with uh my she's helping me with my website she helps me write copy for like my sales copy um she's going to be taking on more responsibility at some point i've also got my best friend is going to be so she's not back she's a nurse but she's got two children and and she finishes on her maternity leave soon and she can't really viably go back to nursing at the moment so she's going to help me for a while because she's the most organized person i know yeah um, so she's going to whip me into shape a bit because i'm i'm really <laughs> disorganized like i'm 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 not late to things um i'm always yeah. like just in time but i'm also um i'm quite chaotic 
Like I don't really have any routines. I don't yeah. like routines. I'm not one of these people that can work to routines at all. Yeah, yeah. I've never been able to do that. I have to wake up in the morning and decide what I'm doing on the day. And the only thing that deviates from that is obviously the coaching sessions that are booked. Um, yeah. But that's something that I need to work on because it does cause stress now because my life is so different. Um, I don't manage my time well. Like I'm replying to LinkedIn messages at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. I yeah. like I've got Trello boards with lists coming out oh, of my same. ears. That's, like, that's, why, why be conventional though? I think I think that's part of you and why you're successful is you, you, you don't have to follow certain rules and conventions to an extent. But I guess it does reach a point where you kind of have to as well. Yeah, that I need I need to get some help to do that more um i've also <laughs> recently discovered um so a friend of mine is a qualified psychologist oh, wow. and since knowing her um she said to me that she thinks i'm add okay um which i've never known before but on exploring it it has made a lot of stuff make sense so what's I, I um, adhd is what's add again attention deficit disorder so i'm not hyperactive yeah i don't i don't have hyperactivity um but the inability to focus Mm -hmm. so like i'm sitting here fiddling with this thing in my hand i always (laughs) i'm always fiddling with something because it's really hard for my mind to focus on one thing for a long time and it became quite clear with coaching because i really have to draw my attention back to who i'm speaking to and it's a really focused effort for me to do it um my chaotic lifestyle um my kind of impulsivity my uh talkativeness and my tendency to interrupt people when they're speaking and there's a whole bunch of symptoms <laughs> and i was reading through it and then i did the online self-assessment yeah and i literally like everything everything was i was like oh shit so I think okay, maybe. it doesn't make any difference but it right. it explains things I think what you said there, I think I've definitely got that as well. You know, I'm filling with this thing here and I've, you know, I've given up smoking recently and think it's about that. Oh, congratulations. You've actually done it. Yeah. You helped me with that as well. But I I think, I think it's, um, you know, that everyone's got their little quirks and I think it's just, just about owning it, isn't it? I mean. Yeah. I've just found coping mechanisms over the years to deal with the behavior. Um, And I've discovered that a lot of entrepreneurs are very similar and actually that's what makes us so good at being entrepreneurs because we will either laser focus or we do like i will try and do ten thousand things at once and i'll start a task in the house get distracted by something else and end up half doing 10 things instead of actually just doing one thing and then moving on to the next and that's just how i am that's how i've always been but i do need to yeah but i love how that's why i need to do something other than coaching because i need Mm. other things to keep my mind busy and i'm super creative and while that's great with the coaching and it's great when I'm like helping people to come up with content ideas and yeah. telling me their story and I'm like that, 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 they will be amazing posts. You need to write about that. And I will sometimes just message my clients going, oh my God, I've had this amazing idea. Yeah, so, yeah. And that stuff pops into my head just all the time. So creativity. I want to do like creative consultancy eventually. I want to work yeah. with big brands on their marketing I, I campaigns. I think you'll be amazing at it. And I think I think that's that's also why you're successful as well. It's kind of like you're always looking for the next thing as well. And I think LinkedIn's great, but it's still one little world. It's well, not little, it's one world, isn't it? You know? LinkedIn is a stepping stone. I love it. And I'm never going to just abandon LinkedIn yeah, because yeah. my network and my community there are 
just beyond valuable to me and they have created some of the most incredible opportunities there is no way i would be doing any of the stuff and having any of the conversations i've got people in america talking about flying me out there for talks i'm like oh my god like i've had ted tedx want me to do a talk um i can't talk anything more about it but there is i I will be doing one at some point i look forward to that confirmed yeah and it's just like this is stuff that I never in a million, like my wildest dreams, I used to go, oh, one day it'd be really nice to have a job where I got a salary of like 40 grand. Yeah. That was my, that was the epitome for me of making it. That was like 40 grand and I'd be able to live nice and comfortably and maybe get a little mortgage. Yeah. One final Um, question before, before we stop. Um, Just now we're probably going back to normal. How, how is that transition going to be? For, for me personally, on one hand, I'm really excited about it. But on the other hand, I'm a little bit kind of nervous about integrating back into the how it was because I think there's certain elements of, of lockdown that have been really beneficial. What about you? I'm really looking forward to my son getting back to socialising with his friends and me and our relationship improving because it's been very tense to be in each other's pockets 24-7 sure, um, and sure. not being able to see family and not having any help with childcare, like no weekends off, no lions, nothing, no help at all, apart from my wonderful neighbour that's been homeschooling yeah. two hours a day. Um, I am nervous about the next stage of business for me and where that's going to take me because obviously all of this really has happened during lockdown. Like the, the big numbers have happened yeah. during lockdown. And then last summer... Um, I was out in Brighton and I got recognised a couple of times by people who came up to me and I got recognised in the supermarket around here recently. Right. Um, And then like messaged by people saying, oh, I saw you and all this. (laughs) And 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 while they're people that I've interacted with and like some of them are people that I've coached. um, Well, one of them was he didn't, he's not somebody that said hello to me because I would have said hello, but that makes me really uncomfortable that's what gives me anxiety and while 75 you know 75,000 people is not that many people when you're looking at the world globally um but I guess because I'm quite distinctive yeah it's hard to hide Um, and it's even harder as the summer weather comes because like I'm wearing clothes that show my tattoos and people notice me like they can't miss the flash of blonde hair and all that um that's what makes me nervous Mm. like the idea of going into london for a meeting yeah and people on the tube like side-eyeing me because they recognize me or someone approaching me yeah and saying oh are you are you ilia i follow you on linkedin and i'm like yeah there's probably no reason because if if they're normal and they introduce themselves to me it's fine i think it just makes me a little bit anxious of how that's going to develop it's not like i'm like some super celebrity and going to be mobbed in the streets but it's just that that kind of feeling that people could be watching and and i've never been the kind of person that's wanted to be famous ever it never even entered my head i I never want to go on a reality tv show people get the they get the idea that because i choose to cover myself in tattoos yeah that i must be like the kind of person that wants to be in the limelight and be the center of attention all the time and actually it couldn't be further from i'm comfortable in the limelight if i have to be yeah. but it's not somewhere i would choose to be voluntarily so we'll be seeing you on the jungle anytime soon though 
No, but do you know which one I would do? Go on. The the island. Oh, the Bear right, Grylls yeah, Island. Yeah. I would 100% oh, do that. I'd love to see you on that. That's amazing. Now, I reckon you do I would well, love to do that. I absolutely would love to do it. You like all that kind of survival stuff, do you? No, but I would on a desert island. Right. Sounds like, amazing. I'd spend four weeks on a desert island. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would 100%, I would 100% do that for sure. I would love it. But not, not any of the others. Because you can be, you don't, you fade back into obscurity off that one, don't you? There's no, yeah. it's not like Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> well, Leah, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, I'm so honoured and proud to have you on and, and talk to you. I've learned so much from this conversation. Before Thank we you go, for inviting me. That's all right. Any tips for anyone? I know you're using CBD at the moment, but any kind of general kind of non-LinkedIn tips, like life tips or, or anxious tips or that kind of stuff? Stop living your life now as if retirement is guaranteed. Love that. Love that. I like that. L- live now, but live for now and just make, yeah. make, make most of it. That's yeah. it. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting us. The Purpose Led Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Vincherry. Vincherry are all in one CRM and ATS platform, purpose built for recruitment staffing agencies. I chose to partner with Vincherry because honestly, I'm a customer. They keep me competitive. Plug into my calendar and email and make the whole admin part of my job as a recruiter a hell of a lot easier. The Purpose and Leadership Podcast listeners get 25% off Vincherry's onboarding. So if you're looking for a recruitment CRM to accelerate your growth, check them out at vincherry.io forward slash Chris O'Connell.